Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you so much for being Jireh. Thank you so much for being enough for us, Lord. Help us to um, be content in every circumstance, but help us also, Lord, to know that we can turn to you for safety. Lord, help us to know what it means to turn to you, despite the things we find ourselves going through, despite the, the world we find ourselves living in. Lord, be with me. Help me to just be hidden um, behind the shadow of your cross as I speak. Lord, help it not to be my words, but your words through me. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So you're camping. It's cold outside, much like it is today. I know on the way to church, I was really cold. <laughs> you're camping, it's cold outside. So you decide to put your Pathfinder skills to use and you build a fire. And it's not long before you and every single person around you starts feeling the warmth of the flames, starts feeling the, the thawing, they, they start thawing out from all of the coldness and they start feeling the warmth. Then your friend, they call you over to the other side of the campsite and points up. And you look up and you see the stars and it is so beautiful. And it's just such a clear night. You can see all the stars. They light up the sky like someone turned on a light. The stars are radiant. There's so many that you can't even count them. So soon you become so enveloped in looking up and in looking around that you forget about the 40 degree below weather and the icy wind. The fire is no longer warming you. But why? Why is the fire no longer warming you? What changed? Proximity to God allows us to retain our spiritual fire despite the environment that we find ourselves living in. And Noah, he understood this. So I'd like to go to my opening verses found in Genesis 6, 5 through 8. It says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all of the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that made along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So how was Noah able to maintain his strong spiritual fire, his strong spiritual life, despite the world that he found himself living in? Obviously, we see here that the people at that time, the only thought continually and constantly evil. They had this continual propensity toward evil. So how was Noah able to stand out from the world he was living in? How was he able to maintain that strong spiritual favor, that strong spiritual strength, besides, despite the wickedness of the world that he found himself living in? We find this answer in Genesis 6, verse 9. It says in uh, here that he walked with God. It says that Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah, he walked with God. And I kind of want to draw attention to the word walk here. In Hebrew, this word is halak. And the tense here, it indicates that Noah chose to walk with God and never quit. He started walking with God, and it was a continual walk that he never quit walking with God. 
It was a constant action. It was not just one time thing where on Sabbath he was going to church and then just being a pew warmer and going back to how he was. No, he was walking with God continually. Furthermore, the tense and the verb stem of this Hebrew word, it also shows that halak is a reciprocal action. Not only was Noah walking with God, but God was also walking with Noah. And this reminds me of the verse found in James 4, 8 that says, when we draw near to God, God draws near to us. It's a reciprocal action. It's a communication. Like we have been talking about in the series with prayer, it's that communication with God that is so necessary to maintain that spiritual fire and that spiritual strength despite the generation, despite what we find ourselves living in the world around us. Another way that Noah maintained his proximity to God was through refusing to compromise to the world around him. Because compromise, it causes us to lose our fire for God. Compromise makes us lose our fire for God. We are told in 2 Peter 2 verse 5 that despite the disbelief and ridicule from the onlooking world, Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. Despite the onlooking world, despite the judgment of the world around him, he was able to still preach the gospel that God had given him for such a time as that. Noah did not back down because of fear. He did not back down because of pressures in the world around him. He continued and pushed on knowing that that is what God called him to do. He did not allow compromise to cause him to lose his fire for God, his devotion for God. So I don't know about you, but looking at his story, looking at his story of constant devotion to God, constant walking with God, despite the pressures from those around him, despite everyone laughing at him, oh, there's never been a fire, there's, there's never been a, um, a rainfall, there's never been a flood, what are you talking about? There's no need for this. I don't know about you, but Noah's example, despite all that stuff, it steps on my toes. Because in attempts to mingle with the world around me, oftentimes I find myself compromising. And how does this show up for me, right? Oftentimes this looks like ignoring my own convictions just to somehow remain comfortable in my own self. Sometimes this looks like doing so much, getting so caught up in working for God that I forget God in the process of doing so. Sometimes I trade my proximity to God for productivity. Sometimes I trade my proximity to God for productivity. And how many of us can get caught in the same cycle of just doing, doing, doing for God? And they're good things, they're good deeds. Don't get me wrong, we are called to do those things, but we cannot trade proximity to God for productivity because the world values productivity, but we can't be truly productive for the cause of Christ if we're not close to Christ, if we're not having that proximity to him. Now, there is a very real need for mingling. Mingling with the world, it allows us to show a savior's love to broken hearts. But mingling and compromise, they're so vastly different from one another and they're not to be confused with one another. Mingling leads us to infusing others with the character of God, shown to those around us through the way we live our life, through the words we say, through the actions we do. But compromise, it simply adopts, it's simply when we adopt to the world's actions and words, 
when we adopt ourselves, when we are adopted into the customs and behaviors of the world. That is what compromise is. It's not having a second thought to the influences we find ourselves surrounded by. Jesus' ministry shows that he understood the difference between mingling and compromise. We see a, a quote here in Ministry of Healing. It's one of my favorite quotes. It says, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with people as one who desired their good. He showed sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he invited them, follow me. So much like Noah's appeal to the people to enter the ark to escape the storm, Jesus, who is our ark, he appeals to us saying, follow me. Draw near to me. Proximity to me allows you to escape the storm of compromise. In Romans 12, 1 through 2, we're also told, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and, and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We're told to not conform to the world around us, but let our minds be transformed by the renewing of our hearts. And that is what Christ does through us. And how are we going to be transformed if we're not near the one who does the transforming? We're told that he is the one who works in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. He is the one who does that work within us. But how are we going to transform? How are we going to have our lives transformed if we are not remaining consistent, remaining constant, remaining close to the one who can do it for us? Proximity in our relationship with Christ is one of the most important aspects of our faith. My question for you is, are you in this ark of safety? Are you in this ark of safety? Much like Noah, during this time of storm, there was no other way of escape. There was no other way of escape. And I know the people didn't believe him. The people didn't believe that there was going to be anything coming because nothing had ever come for so many years. Nothing had ever been a problem. And so what's the need? What's the need to be in the ark? But my question is, are we in the ark? Who is the ark of safety? I submit to you that the ark of safety is Christ himself. Christ himself is the ark of safety. The proximity to Christ allows us to escape the chaos and confusion of the world we live in and to escape compromising with the world we find ourselves living in. We too can be like Noah in this generation that we find ourselves in. We know that we see things that are not of God around us, but do we stand up for our faith? Do we stand up for what he's calling us to do? Or are we content in the middle? Are we content with this lukewarm faith where we don't stand up for our faith, where we don't say that, God, we are fully yours. I am fully in for you. I'm going all in for you. Sometimes we have, I know for me, sometimes I have my foot in the world and my foot in, God, in, in God's word, in God's way of life. But that's not what God has asked from us. He's asked us to choose this day who we will serve. And by default, if we have not chosen, we have chosen. 
And that, cho- that choice, if we do not choose to follow Christ, the choice is to follow who the world already belongs to at this point. So what is your choice? Who are you choosing to follow today? Are you in this arc of safety? Because there's a storm coming. There's a storm coming, and that's not to scare us, because there's safety. There is safety. It's not to scare us, but it is to tell us that there is, there is this need to stay separate from the storm we're finding ourselves in, because that can destroy us. It can destroy our spirituality, because it can pull us away from Christ, who is that source of living hope, that source of flame that ignites our spiritual walk, But when we draw further away from that source of flame, that source of fire, that source of devotion, power, everything in our spiritual walk will die. We cannot live apart from the vine, Jesus says himself, that he is the vine. He is that one we have to stay in true connection with. Are we in the ark of safety? This ark of safety, he says in Revelations 3, verse 20, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. The doorknob is inside. It's not on the outside. God doesn't barge his way in and open the door. No, he asks, he waits for an invitation for him to come in. He is asking us to just open the door and allow him to come in. And it's interesting because Noah, just how he built this ark, and he went into this ark, God is asking to come into our hearts. But he is that ark of safety. He is that ark of safety in the chaos and confusion of the world around us. Are we comfortable mingling? Are we comfortable conforming, compromising to the world around us? Or do we want more? Do we want that fire to be reignited once again? Do we want that fire to be causing us to burn so deeply in our desire, our passion for Christ, that nothing else matters? That our proximity to Christ is the only thing in our life that matters. Nothing else, no one else matters more than that. Are we willing to say that? Are we willing to have that be our desire? Or are we content just staying in the middle? This is stepping on my toes because I know for me, it is so easy to stay in our comfort zone. It is so easy to say, oh, nothing's ever happened. I've always been fine. Just, you know, going through the motions. But God doesn't ask us to go through the motions. God, Jesus didn't go through the motions when he died on that cross for us. He died for us in public. So why do we just live for him in private? Or even that sometimes, you know? Are you in this ark of safety? He is waiting for us. He is waiting for me with arms open wide. Time after time he has waited before, and now he is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, how he wants to come in. Are you there for him? Are you going to open the door? Are you going to enter this ark of safety? What is our answer to him? If you're feeling this separation from Christ right now, if you're feeling that you have had it at one point, you have had this proximity to Christ at one point, but now it's just waxed cold. You feel like you have just been content living in the middle. 
but now you want something more. You know that you are missing that, that fire, that proximity to Christ because you find yourself compromising. You know that you need to find him again. If that's you right now, I understand. And he understands too. If that's you, and if you want to rededicate your life to God, if, you're, if you are ready to say, God, I am done living in the middle. I'm done living this world of compromise between right and wrong. Lord, I am done. God, I want proximity to you. I want to stay in the ark. If that is you, I invite you to stand up right now. I understand how hard it is to feel that we are, that we just are so content being in the middle. I say this for myself. I am so content being in the middle so many times, but that is not enough. Christ is calling us for more. He is calling us for a deeper connection with him. He's asking us to go all in for him all in the ark of safety. We can't have one arm out of this ark and one arm in. No, he wants to save us all from the storm of confusion, the storm of chaos and compromise that we can find ourselves in. Maybe you've never given your life to God and maybe you have before, but now it's just, you have felt this distance again. Maybe you've gone off and just lost that fire for God completely. Maybe you've completely burnt out. If that's you and you're feeling a call to come back, if you're feeling, if you're hearing that knock on your heart's door saying, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, I will eat with them and they with me. If you're feeling that call right now, and if you'd like to pursue this further with baptism, this is something that I think is so powerful. Just a way to show that we are all in for Christ. If this is you, if any of you, are needing to be baptized for the first time or even the second time, third time, whatever it is, I'd like to invite you to come forward at this time. It is, it is a place that God has of safety for us when we fully give our lives to him. Are we ready to give our life to him? Are we all in for Christ? Are we all in for him? Am I all in for him? time after time he has waited before and now he is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door oh how he wants to come in are you in the ark of safety he's waiting for you let's pray dear heavenly father lord thank you so much for being our ark of safety Lord, thank you for not judging us, not pushing us away when we pull further from you, Lord, but staying where you are. Your proximity to us does not change, but Lord, the reason we feel the distance is because we have moved. God, your arm is not too short to save us. Your ear is not too deaf, but Lord, help us to return to you. You say, come now and let us reason together. You ask us to come back to you because when we draw near to you, you also draw near to us, Lord. It's a reciprocal action. Help us to walk with you just like Noah walked with you, Lord. Help it to be a constant, continual decision that we make that we don't turn back on. God, if there's anyone here who feels that calling back into proximity with you, Father, I ask in a very special way that you bring them closer to yourself, that you draw near to them so they draw near to you, Lord, and that you invite them into the ark of safety. 
that you show them the power of being all in for you and refusing to bow to the desire for compromise, Lord. Be with us through the remainder of the Sabbath. Help us to keep these things in mind. Help us not to not to bend to the world's desires, Lord, but to have our minds completely transformed by the renewing of our heart and mind that you alone can do through us. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus, through whom all these things are possible. Amen.